Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners, fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Kohler Fitness, Derek Kohler. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing pretty great. Um, it's been a, it's a gorgeous fall out here, so I'm doing pretty awesome. Yeah, you're you're out in Idaho, but you're near for for people who don't know Idaho geography. You're out by Spokane, Washington, right? So northwest yes. area. It's probably a beautiful early fall day. I'm sure. Not it too is. bad in New England today, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We're I'm actually right across the border in Idaho from Spokane. Um, just kind of northern Idaho, a bunch of great lakes and stuff. So yeah, we have gorgeous weather right now. Yeah, awesome, man. That's that's super cool. So tell us about your facility, your niche, what it is that you do, how you're serving the community where you are. Yeah, absolutely. So my facility is literally just me. Um, yeah, I have a, about 750 square foot studio. Um, all the equipment, you know, free weights, bands. I don't use a lot of machines or anything. Um, and I work primarily one-on-one -on -one with people, um, and I specialize a little bit more in um, working with like injuries and stuff. So it's just me, private studio, one-on-one. -on -one. I have a couple small groups and stuff and some couples that I work with, but, um, I work with a lot of people coming out of physical therapy. I work with, um, a lot of people who just have general injuries, um, kind of stuff like that. And we kind of work on getting them, getting them to the point that they can focus on, getting back to either just living the best life, improving their quality of life, or getting, focusing on weight loss, strength gain, stuff like that. Awesome, awesome. So tell us a little bit about your background, uh, what your experience in the industry was, and what led you to becoming this, this one-man wrecking crew that you are, you know, fixing a bunch of people out there in Idaho. Yeah, so um, my, my gym journey actually starts when I was like 15. I was basically, I played sports and stuff, but I, we moved here from Seattle and I basically kind of shut in on myself. I mean, I had horrible eating habits. I was getting overweight. Like it was, it was outrageous. Um, my parents were able to get me um, connected with a trainer at a gym here. Um, so that's kind of what started my gym journey. He taught me a lot. Um, he kind of gave me a good basis. Um, and I kind of, I, you know, started off working front desk, stuff like that, ended up leaving that, but then, um, I ended up meeting my wife and then decided to get recertified, um, and kind of do the whole general gym, personal training. I worked out of a couple small gyms and stuff. And then I decided to kind of check out physical therapy because, you know, physical therapists, you know, it's more medical, it's more secure job sometimes. Um, stuff like that and ended up going to a physical therapist and then they were actually interested in opening their facility for a gym so then that was kind of my first experience of kind of putting together a gym um because I kind of got all the legal stuff and all did all the groundwork for them to let their their patients come in after hours and then they ended up letting me personal train out of there um, so then that's kind of what got me started on working with injuries and stuff too was being working with the physical therapists and working with their patients um, and helping them, putting them through their exercises. Um, and then, yeah, just expanding off of that. And then 
had the opportunity to, I ended up leaving there at the beginning of last year, the pandemic shut everything down, obviously. Um, luckily here in Idaho, um, our governor kind of let areas decide what they were doing. So we were actually, the gym that I was working at was only closed for about two months. And then we were able to go back in. Um, a lot of my clients didn't want to come back to a big gym setting. So then I, everything kind of fell together and I was able to open this up, up my studio in the middle of last year. Um, but kind of working at that physical therapy studio kind of really gave me a passion for doing, working with injuries and doing post rehab and um, kind of a little bit more of that medical fitness stuff working with, it's, there's definitely a need for it. Um, I think, I mean, a lot of your client base tends to be older, um, but there's, there's, there, there is a need for it. And it is, it is a niche that I think is definitely, it's just, it's there. Uh, we just, as, I mean, as trainers, as fitness facilities, it, it does take a little bit more, I think, training and stuff and understanding, you know, when to back off, what to do, how to manipulate exercises, which I think we all build over time. Um, but I love it. You get to, you get to see people who get excited because I had one client who was excited because she, she squatted down to pick something up and stood up by herself and recognized it and was like, she told me she was super excited about it the next, the next session and was going on. It's just, it's like little things like that that kind of just make your day because it's, you know, it's affecting these people's lives in a very positive manner. Awesome, man. So that's, that's been kind of a, a wild ride for you and you know what the heck you're doing all these other things might as well throw a pandemic in there too and just yeah. you know just figure out all the things that that the business world could throw at you at once a little bit of mother nature but here you are right you're still standing you're still yep. helping people out things are still still rocking and rolling for you so where you are now you're a one-man show you're wearing you're wearing a lot of hats you're doing a little bit of everything, but you had seen the business and what it looked like before. So as you progress and as your, you know, your goal is, is to grow, um, what are the things that you find that you, you think you want to hold on to as far as day-to-day uh, -day tasks, operations management, and what are the things that you, you have found like, all right, this, this isn't going to be my strength or this isn't what I want to do. Like, what's your kind of order of thought process for I'm doing everything right now and yeah um no it's definitely a lot of hats and it's it, it what, I think the biggest thing that it took me was kind of finding that transition and doing it all by myself because I mean you work at all these other places that are kind of built in especially marketing you know lead generation um doing all the social media stuff like that um and and that's probably the stuff that I'm the worst at is like social media I'm not a big social media guy I'm more, I tend to give my priority to my clients and putting myself into, you know, what, the, what they're doing, what they need to do and stuff like that. Um, so kind of, that's always kind of my number one thought is, you know, what do, what do my clients programs look like today? You know, how are they going to be feeling? Are they going to come in? Is the weather cold? So am I going to have a whole bunch of people who are feeling more pain today? Like, like what, you know, what does that look like today for my clients? What is the next steps? Do we just need to back off and just stretch today? Um, so that's usually my first line of thought coming in and stuff and putting those together. Um, and, and one thing with working with injuries is you can, I mean, you can have a plan, but then you can walk in and have a client could have broken their kneecap uh, over the weekend. Like, it's just, it's just stuff like that. It's just like, I mean, you just have to be flexible. Um, 
but yeah, so kind of, um, yeah, the biggest thing I think I had to learn was getting in that mindset of kind of sectioning out those tasks throughout the day. Like, cause there is a lot to do. I mean, especially, I mean, it's, it's, if with it just being me, it is everything marketing and stuff, I think is the biggest. That's usually where I get my second most time is, um, kind of getting out and reaching out to people and getting connected with, I try and get connected with like physical therapists and chiropractors and people that would give me referrals that I like to specialize in. Um, and then the right after that is, you know, you gotta watch, you gotta watch the numbers. You gotta, you gotta make sure that, yeah, you can survive. You're going to make it next month. You're going to make it the month after, uh, you know, where do you need to go? And, you know, you can, you can do the math and see the numbers of, oh, if I had 10 more clients, it'd be great. But you have to get to that point where you have those 10 more clients or else, you know, you're not going to make it next month. So it's just, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. It's, there's been a lot of growth over the last year. Uh, I mean, I've always been, you know, give, put yourself into your clients, you know, be there for them because those are the, that way they're going to stick around. I mean, at a certain point, not everyone needs a trainer, but they'll come back to you because they enjoy coming to you. So it's kind of, that's kind of my first goal throughout the day, step-by-step of expansion of um, where to go and how to get there. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I know that there's a lot, a lot that goes into, and people may not realize that if they've never run an operation by themselves, even if you have one person, it makes a difference. But in order for the business to grow, there's always this stair step. Like I need to get a trainer. I need to get an admin. I need to get something, but I need to have more clients. So are you maxed out where you are now? Can you take any more clients? Like where, where's your capacity as far as how do you figure out that next lever to pull or the next step? Or do you have to, do you have to step out on the ledge and maybe get someone to do some of your admin work so you can take more clients? Like what's your thought process as far as that goes? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and it definitely is. It is trying to separate those. And yeah, especially looking to growth and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it is right now. My goal is to, I do have a little bit more space in my schedule. So I'm working on kind of growing that a little bit until I can get to, I can get to a point that I feel comfortable enough to either bring on someone else or, um, well, the hard thing with my space is it's, it's pretty much limited to one person. You might be able to fit another person here if you're working kind of opposite schedules. So, but kind of those next step, like, okay, so if I outgrow this space, you know, where like I need to find a space that's going to not only fit me, but be big enough and have enough room and then get the equipment um, to be able to bring on more trainers. Because I mean, that is a goal of mine is to, you know, eventually work with kind of more trainers who might be more specialized um, in either like medical fitness or stuff like that. You know, people who want to work more specifically with cancer patients or diabetes or whatever it may be, um, but kind of have a facility kind of like that. So Right now, because of my limited space, it's not something that's like on the top of my mind. It's something that I think about and something that obviously I dream about, you know, down the road, this is where I want to go. Um, but right now, yeah, it is just, it is kind of expanding that client list. I mean, for my schedule and stuff, I, you know, I prefer not to work, you know, a full 40 hour week. If I can, I got some small kids at home, so I like to give them my time and stuff too. So, you know, I try and keep my schedule around, you know, 
I'll kind of max that at like 36 hours. So I got, I got a few spots there and I do, I've been doing a little bit of online training, but that's harder to do with injuries. Um, it's cause you, you need to be able to see what the person's doing. And if you need to switch anything on the fly, it helps to be there. Um, but yeah, so kind of regards to all of that, you know, yeah. Expanding the client list, not a ton, but you know, enough that I feel like I can be comfortable to, to yeah. Especially like the admin stuff kind of, if I can find someone to do that, you know, that, especially the marketing and admin doing stuff like that, if I could find someone to do that, that would take care of pretty much everything I would need. Awesome, man. And I know that the, the injury, the rehab, the prehab, the, those, the, the specialist corrective exercise, all that, that's your bread and butter. But in this, for the sake of growing, and, and I wouldn't say that I would use the word compromise, but is it something where either for your in-person or possibly online that you entertain or think about taking more kind of general population fitness in order to help you at least supplement that until you get over that next hurdle where you, you have enough of those ideal clients that you want? Are you still okay? Or do you, can you get excited about working with those people too? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have clients who are like that. I mean, right now my client list is kind of, it's kind of wild. I have a, my youngest is 20 years old and she is all weight loss and gaining strength and she wants to look her best. And my oldest is like 87 and it's funny because they're like only in like an hour apart. So awesome. that, that transition of what we're doing is just, it's completely different. Uh, and then especially with the online stuff, I mean, I think a lot of trainers and stuff discovered last year that we have to go online, especially in states that, I mean, Washington, they didn't get to open up their gyms till this last March. So like, if you don't go online, what are you gonna do? I mean, you could, yeah. So with that, I think that's more built towards general, kind of general fitness schools, general population. Um, I mean, you can get a little bit specialized in there, but for the most part, most of my, most of my people who are online, are very, very general, or they have very, it's like very basic corrective exercise stuff. You throw a program in there, you know, they do some foam rolling, stretching and a couple corrective exercises and this is gonna get cleared up. So, so yeah, very much so, especially supplementing. And I mean, one of the hardest things is just getting, especially like healthcare professionals and stuff to recognize, hey, we can refer you, you're gonna take care of our patients, stuff like that. It's kind of been, it's a little bit of a stepping stone, especially being a very private business. Um, and only being open for a year. Um, so yeah, so I, yeah. And I, I love all the people I work with. They're kind of, they're what drive me to stay as a trainer is getting to know those people and what they do and who they are. So yeah, taking on people. I mean, I've, I did, I went through a whole weight loss myself and stuff. So yeah, I, I think it's fun. I think it's all fun, honestly. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love to hear that. And just being open-minded and knowing that if you, if you want to grow, if you want to take those steps, it doesn't mean you should go out and try to be a jujitsu coach, right? Or you, should, no. you, know, you shouldn't, you're not going to start training marathoners if you've never been a running coach. But if it's within your scope and you, you have the skill set to do a good job and you're really set out in the industry to help as many people as possible, if you have a finite group, right? You're in business terms, your, your TAM, your total addressable market is small. Sometimes you have to expand that to somebody else that you can do a great job for. And then, you know, if you want to filter it back as you grow, you still have that option, right? But you need the lifeblood of the business is going to be your client. So 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, great to absolutely. see, you know, open-mindedness there. So one of the things I'm curious about, whenever I talk to somebody who's really hyper-specialized, especially in the corrective exercise field, is are you in uh, a position where you're dealing with insurance or people getting reimbursement, or is it still strictly all on the cash side? Uh, how do you how do you figure that part of the business out? Um, so I so me I'm all I'm all cash. Um, I Idaho it's pretty. If if I got if I was able to take insurance or anything, I would be the very first person in Idaho. It's pretty like it, you know. It's not happening anytime soon. Um, I've looked into it and I think with the age of the business, because that's one thing they look at, I might eventually be able to. And I think it's eventually a goal of mine. Um, I know I could do like um, like HSAs and FSAs um, with you know a doctor's prescription and then they can get reimbursed um, to some degree. But working with insurance, I definitely think, I think it's kind of, I think it's in the next steps of kind of where personal training and stuff is going, especially as personal trainers become more specialized and stuff and i think as we all grow you know those markets and the species get they get kind of more defined um i think it's so something down the road but going through and working at the physical therapy clinic i kind of got a sense of you know going through the credentialing process doing all of that and how how long it takes i mean it can take you know up to three to six months for some insurance companies so it's like so i mean it's a big process yeah so it's not something I'm doing right now, um, but it's definitely something that I've looked at and something that might be down the road. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a, it's a whole another beast and I'm not there yet. So yeah. we'll kind of a blessing in a curse, right? It's, it's good that you don't have to deal with it, but what I'm wondering in, in your small operation, hyper uh, specialized. So, and we can get into it to the degree that you want to talk about it. But in order to sustain that, right, you have to be a premium price in your market, right? It's not something that you can do for $25 an hour uh, and, no. and still be able to feed your family. So do you find that with whatever amount of clientele is coming towards you, do you ever run into any issues there with um, people who say they'd like to do that extra work or they, they want to get better faster, but, but it's price prohibitive? Is that something that you run into or... Are most people coming your way able to work with you to the degree that they want? Um, I'd say the majority of people that come my way um, are able to do um, like what we need to do. Um, I do get asked all the time if I take insurance, either that or I have clients who are trying to refer me get they get asked if I take insurance. And I usually tell some I usually tell them what exactly what I told you, not right now, but it's something down the road um, that I might do. Um, but kind of the area that I'm in, we're, we are a little bit smaller and I got a pretty good deal on my rent too. So I don't have to, I do charge more than some of the other trainers around here, but it's not like, it's not like a significantly amount more. So, and, and I, I also try, I work with some of my clients, you know, some of my clients, they come and, you know, even if they have a hard month or something, you know, okay, well, let's see what we can do, even if we have to reduce sessions or something. So, and I think having that flexibility and I think it helps. Um, it also helps. I am in the pretty position though, that I can make those choices. And if I need to be a little bit more flexible, I can. Um, but yeah, no, you do, you do. And I think, especially when it comes to price, um, a lot of people, 
when you're specialized and stuff, especially like if you if you charge way too less, they don't respect it as much. And I've definitely found that like even even if I run like a like I usually do like a general like summer special and stuff for whatever reason, like a lot of those people will disappear in like two or three weeks where the people who are here, they're they're paying, you know, the premium price and stuff they'll they'll stick around for years like it's just like it's just it's weird people don't respect what they don't put themselves and their money into so absolutely and buy-in is more than just up here it's it's the wallet people people pay attention to things that they pay for it's just exactly it's consumer behavior and it's yep. it's important right we all things are valuable because we want them it doesn't it's a lot of it is artificial it's just based on desire how much something matters to you it's not this is worth a pound of gold. It's just, this is that important to me. So absolutely. You devalue your service. And the next thing you know, you're racing to the bottom and, and where do you go? Right. Next thing you exactly. know, absolutely. you're, uh, you're, you're back at square one or, or below. So Derek, we're just about running out of time here, but one of my, my favorite things to ask is, you know, whether it's a new business, someone has been around for a long time. You've been out on your own for a little while now, a little pandemic thing happened. There's, You've seen some stuff. If you could go back, even just rewinding back, you know, to, to when you opened, if there was one thing that you wish you knew or one piece of advice you could give to yourself, what do you think that would be? Um, network more. That was one thing, especially, um, I mean, I think as when you go into opening a business, there's going to be a lot of things that you don't even realize that are there that are going to take your time and, well, I guess I also, my daughter was born in the midst of me opening all this. So it was just like crazy time. Um, but getting out there and reaching out to people and just being open to talking to people, because you really, you never know who is interested and who's not. Um, so definitely getting out there networking, setting up, trying to find people who will refer you. Because I mean, referrals are going to get, a, in my experience, like people who get referred are going to stick around longer. They're going to be way more into it. Um, versus people who just even find you on like Facebook or something, you know, they might drop off or they might never show up. You really don't know. Um, but if, yeah, so kind of just network, just talk to people. Like most people are open to talking about it. Most people out of last year gained 15, 20, 30, 50 pounds, like, and they recognize it and they know it needs to change. And they are open. A lot of them are open to getting help with that. So just chat with people. I mean, everyone, everyone has a fitness or nutrition experience in some form or fashion. And most people are willing to wanting to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great insight. I appreciate it. Before we let you go, where can people find you online? If they want to check out, you know, what you're doing, how your website is, maybe they want to reach out to you, pick your brain about being, you know, a, a specialized, a niche business. Where can we find you? Um, primarily at my website, coolerfitness.com. Um, um, or you can find me, my, the most active thing I'm on is Facebook. Um, and that's just at Kohler Fitness. Um, or shoot me a friend request or something. I'm pretty active on my private one too. Um, those are kind of the primary. I am not on Instagram, but it's just going to be a lot of secondary stuff from Facebook. So um, those are the two primary. My Yeah, Facebook or my website. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. Anybody out there listening, check out Derek Kohler Fitness. The spelling is going to be in the show notes. So it's Kohler, but it's like Polar with a K. So check it him is. out. Derek, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you.
You're, you're welcome. And to everybody out there listening today, thank you for your time. We appreciate you spending some of your day with us. We hope you picked up something from this podcast and every other episode that you listen to and will listen to when you smash that subscribe button, get notified of new episodes. Leave us a like, a review. We love all the feedback. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. We'd love to have you on here about how you're running your business, changing lives in your area. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we have Johan. Johan, how's it going, buddy? Good, good, good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you for being a guest on the show today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? Uh, the facility is called Activate Mind and Body, and we are located in Boynton Beach, Florida. Okay. All right. Got it. Got it. And how long have you uh, been in business? Been in business since 2014. Okay. Right after I retired, uh, I went and opened up this little bad boy. Okay. Got it, man. So what, what made you want to do that after, after retirement and everything? Uh, I was looking for a... Well, myself had a lot of issue with my lower back, so I was looking for something uh, low impact, but high intensity. Uh, ended up finding this intense Pilates place, uh, yeah. but they, they only offered one particular uh, set of exercise. It was only Pilates, and I needed different things. And right. I wasn't to like to go one place for this, the other place for that. So I was like, you know what? It would be dope if I could put together something that had everything that I need. Yeah. And that was the mindset. And then right after I retired, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And that's how actually it started. Awesome, man. So were you in the fitness industry before, uh, before you uh, did this? No, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. I was, uh, I, I mean, I was an athlete for 20 years. So I knew a lot about fitness uh, because I was my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't a trainer. I wasn't, I wasn't teaching uh, fitness at the time. Right. Okay. Got it, man. And so looking at your notes here, um, I see that. So you've been in it since t uh, 2014, but uh, 2019, is that when you got in like a different facility or? So my lease, my lease was up in 2018. Uh, and that's another thing. I got promised that the, the change between the, the building that I was in and the new building, the build out was only going to take three months. Three months was putting me right into that January new start. So my plan was to like reopen around that time. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if it's a Florida thing or just a general contractor thing. Uh, it took about a full year 
to get that build out done. Oh man. Yeah. So I lost, I lost a tremendous amount of clients, uh, time, money, everything was just insane. And of course, 2020, I got hit with the COVID. So yeah, yeah. I had a chance to open in January, but it was January of the following year. Right. Right. And COVID happened right after. So you're talking about January open, uh, late February close. Yeah. How long did you guys have to stay closed down? We had to stay closed down for three and a half, three and a half months. Yeah. And so fast forward to today, are you guys still having to deal with restrictions from that or is everything pretty much normal? Thank, thank God we're in Florida. So the restriction was, was kind of lifted pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're still dealing with the mindset, the people's mindset, yeah. uh, how they feel about being around other people, going to the gym per se. Yeah. No, we still we still dealing with that for sure. Gotcha. Now, do you have? Is it just you, or do you have other trainers as well? Oh no, I have other trainers. Oh, Thank nice you. man. How many do you have? I have one, two, three, four. I have four trainers. Just hired another one uh, last week. Okay. Four. I do have four trainers, but I'm still teaching eighty percent of the classes. Okay, and what's the reason for that? It just you want to be involved in it, or are you trying to teach them as well? I want to be involved in it. Um, I do have a particular style that people kind of gravitate towards. Um, the non-ability to let go, I want to yeah. say for now. Yeah. Um, and no, no, I mean, nobody, nobody deal with your business the way that you would. So that's, 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 that's the hardest part. Finding people that will, that will care for it the way that you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's just something that comes with time and, you know, finding find the right person. And it's not just, uh, you know, they, they have to be completely bought in. And so I think, you know, if you find someone that's like minded and, and they're around you enough and they see how you do things like, you know, that's that's usually how you can, you know, find the people and, and create the stars, so to speak, you know. And that's how that's how it's been. I mean, I got a, I got a, I got an amazing management that I just met randomly and ended huh. up, yeah, I just ended up working out perfectly. Uh, but to find actual trainers, it's hard. And I don't know if it's the time that we in now that everybody is a trainer per se. I don't know if it's just, you know, some people just rather just stay home and not having to do much. That's just the time, the time that we in now. So it's, it's very hard to, to find a good people because you have to compensate them a little above what they actually worth in order to have them. So it's, 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 it's difficult. It's not a, not an easy time right now. Yeah, I understand completely. So looking at, um, you know, uh, as far as your current clients, so what's your typical demographic and uh, what services do you guys offer? I'm all over the place. I try to more of a niche uh, studio, but I have, um, I think my youngest client is 19 and my mm-hmm. oldest one is 83. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I get it all, but what I could tell you for sure, I'm 99.9 woman. That okay. I, I have, I have two men on my, on my roster and that's about it. I yeah. try to get, Moving more, but I don't know if it's the the Pilates aspect of things, just because it's so hard for us men to to get in those position and yeah, and weak next to other women that yeah, seem less with it. Right, more of a, a 
of a macho thing, but it, it's it's hard to bring men in. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I, I think I think you made some uh, two good points there. Uh, one, I think a lot of guys, it, like you said, it's probably a macho thing. And, you know, that stuff, like I've done a few classes like that, and it's actually really hard. It so is. I think they, they're they're afraid to be shown up. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what it seems like to me anyways. I've done, I've, in the other place that I had, we did this, uh, this light little competition where we offer to, um, how do we run this? We offer to pay off uh, any monthly membership if any person from any other gym, so CrossFit, um, yeah. trainings, could beat one of our strongest women. And it okay. wasn't, we're talking planks, we're talking planks in different type of position, you're talking yeah. in um, strings, so it, it, it was tough. So they ended up having to sign with us and stay with us for a month or two uh, just because they kept, they kept losing. So it's, it's, it's no. not an easy one. No, it's, it's, it's not. A, yeah, yeah. I've, done, I've done, I think I've done three classes. And after the last one, I was like, man, y'all can have it. Like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. But it uh, gets better. It always gets tougher. Like it's, it's yeah. you never, your body never adjusts to it and be like, oh, I got this. No, it always gets like harder. Yeah. Yeah. But, how many, how many clients do you guys have right now? Roundabout. Uh, we're pushing the 75 clients. Okay. 75. Yeah. yeah and we, right at, um, when we resigned, I think we were applying with the 15. Like it was, it was the toughest thing. Just like, oh, to, man. Yeah, we went from 120 overflowing the place that we had. Like we were over capacity. Like every crisis was booked. Yeah. Uh, had no solution to bring more people in. It was insane. Uh, so I looked at this place and I was like, you know what? I may have to create a dividing rooms type situation. Right. So we have three different rooms. We have a indoor cycling room where we could have. Uh, to people at the class. We have a weight training room where we could have about 12 people. And we have a um, the Pilates room where we only keep it to six. Okay. And the Pilates yeah. is what is really what it's really our main attraction. That's what really like our business is based out of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was a way for me to bring in 30 people in one class but not have them at once. I mean right. have in one class that makes sense um what's the square footage uh where you guys are at right now 2500 square foot 2500 okay yeah so that's plenty of room to do what you want to do yeah yeah we I mean, this the room that i'm in right now is the pilates room which i don't know but i think i could show you because i'm yeah I'm so it's more of a oh nice man yeah so this will be the pilates room and then going out this way, you're going to more of the weight training room. Yeah. The cycling room. Yeah, I like that setup too. It looks everything, you know, it, it's nice and clean and structured. Yeah. You know, everything's got its own area. I like that. This room, this room where I'm at has its own front desk. Because uh, I knew that was the, the sole driving um, thing that we had. So I kept it to that. Yeah. But it's just a matter of, you know, marketing, bringing the people in, targeting the right people. Yeah. Yeah. 
what are you guys doing for that as far as marketing right now? Um, I stopped everything. Um, I felt like I was all over the place. Then obviously I got with Gym Launch. I, I, I came back with Gym Launch. Let's, let's be honest for two seconds. Yeah. Gym Launch allowed me to, to get to that position that I was uh, overflowing. Like I was, I was, I was everywhere, right? Yeah. Every time I asked my old member that came back, how come it's like, what's the difference between then and now? Did right. Tell me the same thing. We saw you every single day, multiple days. Like you were on our feeds all the time. And I think that's the main difference of what it is that we're not necessarily doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Got it, man. So, yeah. So as far as, so you've been back, let's see, for how long now? Uh, I went back, I think I want to say a few months ago. Okay. Did you stay on during the pandemic or no? No, I did not. No. Yeah. I was, yeah. I wasn't, I probably should have. Cause I know you guys were doing the whole online uh, portion of everything. And yeah, I that's what I was going to, yeah. Did, did you ever do that at all? Um, or do you do it now? Any online? I'm trying to get on it. Yes. I'm trying yeah. to, get on it. I think the, the, the worst part was my own beliefs and my own mindset, which I'm starting to understand that I need to simply like, let it go. Like yeah. it's just whatever you thought it was, just let, let that shit go. Like, you, it's okay. yeah, man, you have to. And that was me too. Like I'm, I'm right there with you because I, I had a lot of limiting beliefs around, um, well around, around that, around some online training. And I was like, there's no way that people are going to pay more money to do this and i've been doing it since 2018 yeah. and um you know it's definitely changed my business so but i was i was just like that i didn't want to do it i thought it was crazy yeah and then you know <laughs> pandemic rolled around i was like wow i'm glad that i did this yeah, because I mean, I looking at it i'm like all right how are people going to pay for this when they could just go on youtube and see the same thing for free yeah yeah. And the biggest thing with that comes, you know, accountability, you know, the connection, yeah, actual coaching, because, you know, at the end of the day, and you know, this too, like with the people that come into your facility, like everyone really knows what to do. Yeah, um, It's just, it's just doing it. Yeah. Um, but you, you got it right on the hill. It's like really being accountable for coming to classes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how many, like, as far as like your class structure right now, um, how many are you running per day typically? Uh, all right. So that's another thing that I did recently. I opened up my whole gym to a 20 or 24. So the weight, all right. So the indoor segment, we're using the Peloton's bike. So obviously you could just come in, plug in your like, class that you want and just go for a class. Yeah. Uh, and same thing for the weight. For the weight, we wanted to use our um, trainerized programs that we already had and yep. simply our programs and have people just come in. I have this program for six weeks. I'm going to pay a smaller fee to just come and use the gym anytime I want. Yeah. And that's how, that's how we run it. Uh, we just started this, I want to say, two weeks ago. So now the gym is packed with classes that could, you could just sign up sign it for not classes, but like open sessions. Yeah. Come in and, and do your own thing. Uh, and as far as actual classes, I think we're running uh, four classes of Pilates, two classes of weight. So okay. six in the morning and about uh, three classes at night. So nine classes a day. About. Nine a day. Okay. 
So have you found since you've um, kind of let that open gym aspect come into play to people like that? I know it's only been two weeks, but so far. Yeah. So the people that actually sign up for it, uh, they like it just because of the, the time schedule that they're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, necessarily have classes at the time that they would want to come. So it's right. easy for them to just come in and do what they have to do and then leave. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So true. Extra class during the week. So let's say they're only coming two or three times a week, but they want to do like five. Like it's yeah. really to like add those classes. Like for example, Sunday is open now for those people. Uh, I usually don't have any classes on Sundays, but now it's open if you want to like, you know, if you had a nice little weekend and you want to burn some calories out yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah man so looking at everything else uh we're getting towards the end of our time on the podcast so uh two questions um number one if you could go back in time and give give yourself advice for when you first started your gym what would that be understand my own value 100 i think that was my biggest lesson learned um understanding my value, not necessarily looking at other people and what they do. Um, and also follow what the trend of my business is. I think those are the two major things that I wish I knew before. If I knew this in 2014, oh. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about a different ball game here. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, the next question here. So in a year from now, what does growth look like for you? Like, where do you want to be? Assuming no restrictions are in place. Well, we want to be over the, over the seven figure for sure. Okay. For sure. I think the gym that we have at the potential, we are semi-private gym. That Pilates yeah. one that you saw is six people. This is, this is strictly semi-private. Um, we're charging like we a we are a little over INL fitness, which, which that needs to go. So right now I'm working to getting my prices up, introducing the new cycles of building, uh, and letting my, my members know that that's what's going to happen, giving them option to what they could do. Um, but let them know that we're going up in prices. Yeah. You guys are, yeah, you guys are getting one-on-one sometimes one-on-two, like it's, if two people don't show up in the class here, you have a three people class. That's, that's again, that's very semi-private custom tailor only to you. I'm paying attention to you type uh, experience. Yeah. So they got to pay. Absolutely. And, you know, and there's, and most of the time that stuff is well received, right? Like whenever it's, um, whenever it's explained the correct way and, yeah. and, you know, people want to still, you know, go there obviously because they, they love it but they also want the place to still be in business. And I think Correct. once you lay it out to them that way, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, the complaints are always the same. Cause right now we can't run a class when it's only one person showing up. For sure. For sure. No, so the bottom line is just, it's just crazy. Cause you still have to do payroll. But yeah. the, I mean, if you're on a, on a 150 membership and you break it down, you come five days a week. That's like a $6 class that you're paying. Yeah. Every time you come, 30 bucks. So the breakdown, the breakdown is very self-explanatory. Like I'm going to, if I, if we keep it that way. Yeah. So, and yeah. people will live. And for me to be able to tell them, listen, 
class would no longer be canceled when it's only you because now you're paying the right amount of money that allows me to pay this this trainer one time to, for you to come that one time. Yeah. But it's just, I think it, it, it was that too, the delivery of how to, to tell them and not lose them necessarily, but have the right rollage and the right email structure, structure for them to understand what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Johan, thank you so much, man, for being a guest on the podcast today. I know that, um, you know, I had uh, fun, had a good conversation, and I know that our listeners are going to get some good value from this too. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah, anything man. If doing anything else, I'd be more than happy to jump on. Absolutely. And where can we find you out on social media? Uh, you can find me at Activate MB. Okay. Body by Johan. You can find me everywhere. You can just Google my name and I'll yeah, everywhere. Come. The man is everywhere. <laughs> Johan, that's J-O-H-A-N. Correct. All right, man. All right. Uh, thank you for everyone for listening to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. If you uh, found value from this episode and you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description and apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with Chris Victoria, one of the owners of Straight Flush CrossFit in Las Vegas, Nevada. Chris, thanks for getting up early and being here with us. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure, for sure. Let's get into it, man. Tell us about Straight Flush and what you're doing down there in Vegas. Uh, straight flush, man. We are one of the gyms on the Southwest side, uh, of Vegas, a little bit more on the outskirts. Uh, we've been around since 2013 and we are just, we're living, we're surviving through all this pandemic stuff and, uh, just continuing to try and grow the gym, man, try and get it into a bigger place and, you know, reach more people, help more people, get them healthy and fit. It's pretty much what we do. Awesome. So you're one of three owners of the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, you're more of the most full-time in the trenches, you know, uh, kissing babies, shaking hands, all that yeah. stuff. You're, you're there all the time. And you came from a, another gym co-owner background. Mm -hmm. Tell us about how you got to be involved with Straight Flush. Um, so lengthy story, the gym that I was at before, um, it was uh, a long, long journey of being kind of 
coming in as one of the coaches and then kind of becoming a little bit more of a head coach role and then eventually going into ownership, um, transitioning into ownership there, um, owned for a while and then kind of had a little bit of a falling out with uh, the business partner over there, ended up leaving and I had known Mike um, previously from just kind of local competitions. I, the CrossFit space is, is so connected. It's, I think it's like, I don't know, two degrees of separation, it feels like sometimes, you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter where in the world you are, you somehow you can connect to somebody throughout there. Um, so, you know, I'd always liked uh, straight flush. I like kind of the, you know, the, the space and the smaller gym. And um, so I'd gone over there, started just kind of being a member, getting back into that feel of what it was first like um, joining CrossFit and, and, and doing that and being a part of a community and everything. And then transition started coaching you know a little bit even though I was kind of a little hesitant just from jumping you know back into everything again and then um you know me and Mike started talking more and Jonathan had come on and then you know they kind of twisted my arm and jumped back into the fold and started you know owning again and and being a part of that which you know I think that's something for anybody who's been um an owner of a gym before it's definitely it's a lot and it's a different it's a different type of animal, you know, going from just a coach to, to, uh, an owner in any capacity. So, but it's something that you, I think everybody loves if you truly love it and you, you want to help people and create a space for everybody to grow and to feel safe and, and have a good time, you know, then, then you're going to get back into it and you'll, you'll miss it. So yeah, man, I'm back into it. Awesome. Awesome. And as somebody who's been an owner and, is already itching to get back into that space. I can 100% relate to that, man. So when you came on board, there had to be some type of plan, um, expectations for the future of Straight Flush. What did that look like? And what did you feel like you were gonna bring to the table as an owner to push that vision forward? Um, I think the, the biggest thing that we had discussed when I was coming on board is, you know, the eventual, you know, the growth of the gym. Um, trying to dial in the things that maybe the gym hadn't, you know, kind of finalized with its foundation as far as just its coaching roster, programming, um, just the overall growth of the community itself and how that played a part into, you know, the gym expanding. Um, so my, my kind of role coming into it was showcasing more of the community aspect and growing that and making sure that, you know, we had a staff that was, um, they had skin in the game, you know, they wanted to be a part of something that, that was going to grow and progress and, you know, give them a little bit more of a future as well. You know, I think a lot of, you know, just coaches in general, they come into it and they're very part-time and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, but the, for the future growth of your gym, they have to see some sort of, you know, growth in it and some career path in it. And, and you want them to see that, you know, as well. So me coming into it again, just more so, growing the community, growing the gym and providing, you know, the experience I had from my previous gym um, and how we grew that into two gyms and then, you know, kind of implementing some of the things that, that I found that worked and that didn't work, you know? Yeah. Awesome. And that's what it sounded like. We talked a little bit off the air where you're the guy who's, who's had some experience, has gone through some of the growing pains and already, already paid some of that tax going yeah. in where your two partners uh, clearly, they they had something going on that they started the gym and got it to where it was. 
um, but aren't in a position right now where they can be as fully involved in the day to day as you are. So that sounds like almost a match made in heaven. If you can think about taking on another partner, if you're looking for growth, if you were just going to be another part-time guy who couldn't dedicate a lot, then you might stay a little more stagnant than that. So it makes total yeah. sense. And there's the, there's, there's, you know, the three of us, you know, we definitely, we all offer something different that I feel like maybe are our strong suits. You mm -hmm. know, there's, there's definitely areas where both Mike and Jonathan, they, they blow me away you know, as far as the, their background and what they offer to the gym and what they provide and stuff like that. So that was one of the things when I was coming on board too, that I was kind of looking at and seeing it was kind of a good little trifecta, if you will, you know, to, to manage and operate a gym. Cause it's already hard enough to, to run a gym by yourself. And then you add in partners and you have to be, you know, very, very mindful of, of what that chemistry looks like and making sure that, you know, you guys are all in it for the right reasons you guys are you know supporting one another and whatever decisions are being made in the gym and and you know also capitalizing on what your strengths are and you know also helping the other ones with whatever their weaknesses are yeah and it translates the same way as a coach to client relationship and yeah. or your coaching roster if everybody's got the same strengths and weaknesses you get really good at one thing and you just have these huge holes that you know in as an athlete, as a, as a client, somebody in general fitness, you can get away with that. But as a business, those things will eat you alive pretty quickly. So yeah. it's awesome that you realize that and see like, all right, we can all bring different things and keep each other in check, or I lift you up where you lift me up, wherever it is. So how have things gone? You've been there for three years. What are the biggest changes that you've seen uh, whether owing to your expertise and experience or just the, the combination? Um, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing is probably just the, um, from an operational standpoint and how we run it. Um, you know, we definitely have, we have a, a good strong roster of coaches now. Um, there's more systems in place that make things run a little bit smoother so that if, you know, myself, you know, Mike or JK can't be there and it's just our, our gym manager you know, there with the coaches, it's everything's in place. So it runs very smooth. So we don't have to necessarily, you know, watch it with a magnifying glass the whole time. We can kind of separate ourselves a little bit that way we can, we can, you know, spend a little bit more time on other areas of the gym in order to actually grow it, you know, because I think it's before it was, we were just in the gym and we were, we weren't able to kind of separate a little bit and look at the bigger picture to try and figure out what that growth plan looks like. So I would say just, just operationally, it's, it's gotten a lot stronger uh, in that capacity. Um, and the community, you know, the community has always been strong, but I think it's now moving in, a, in another direction where now we're going to start growing it even more than, than it already is. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, big realization. And it's great that you have partners and whether you have partners or sole owner, it's so easy to get wrapped up in, you know, I'm so busy, I'm coaching all the classes, I'm, yeah. I'm mopping the floor, I'm doing all that stuff. And it really, for a lot of gym owners, it'll get, it'll work to a point and then they can't grow anymore. And it's hard to get outside that and realize I need to be able to step away. And it's, it's hard to hire somebody or to trust somebody or something like that, but it's essential for the growth of the business yeah. to be able to get out and you know, the cliche is you need to work on the business instead of in the business. So, yeah. you know, unless you want to stay where you are forever, you know, we always say what, whatever you did to get here, 
isn't what you're going to need to do to get to the next level. So oh, no, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's an ever evolving, you know, business and it's, you know, as CrossFit grows and it changes and just the, the fitness realm itself grows and it changes, you know, you kind of have to adapt and, and grow with it and kind of see, you know, where it is that you want your gym to go to. Um, and it's nice, you know, having, having different perspectives come into play, you know, cause I know there's some things that I'm like, oh yeah, we should do this, you know, and then, you know, Mike chimes in, Jonathan chimes in and, and it's a different, a different take on it. And it just, it's almost like playing devil's advocate with whatever your, your, your approach is. It's like, oh, looking at it from a different way and thinking like, oh, maybe I should try it this way. Or what are the, what are the pitfalls if we go with, you know, in this direction and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We all have our own uh, confirmation bias psychologically, yeah. right? Just yeah. you, if you're running the place, you have the sum of all your experiences and what you know, and you get an idea and you're, you're basically talking to yourself like, Hey, I should do this. Oh yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before you know it, you know, you, you've done 16 things at the gym and <clears throat> dabbled in this and dabbled in that. And what may or may not have been a good idea doesn't get a chance to fully develop because it's just you and you don't have, you don't have a check and balance system. So yeah. one of the best things about a strong, you know, healthy partnership is that you do have that kind of checks and balance so that you don't run wild in your own imagination. It's good to be creative, yeah. but you always need somebody, I think, to say, hey, 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 what about, you know, what about this? Like, you know, running barbell club every day sounds awesome, but there's only one, there's only one person that's going to come to it. And, you know, there's, you know, whatever wild thing that you have in mind, it's great to dream, but it's good to have someone to to keep you in check. So uh, you've mentioned growth a couple of times and it's one of my favorite topics, right? It's one of the conversation I've had on and off the air hundreds of times. It's something that I've been through. Growth comes with growing pains. What are your growth goals and what are your growing pains that you see going towards them? Well, growth goals, uh, you know, we would eventually like to expand the gym, get into a little bit of a bigger spot. Because um, I think that is one thing that, that does hinder a little bit of growth is just, you know, the overall size of your gym. You can offer more classes, you know, but you're still going to be limited by, you know, if, you know, say, John Doe wants to go to the 430 class and he, you know, that class is capped and it's, you know, 12 to 15 people and we can't put anybody else in that space, you know, then it doesn't, even if we offer a 330, you know, he might not be able to make that because of work. If we offer a later class and it's the same thing, it's full and then it gets pushed back further and further and further. Well, then he's just not going to have a class to go to. So we can open the space up to where we can allow, okay, we can, you know, maybe add, you know, five more spots in that class. Then again, that gets five more members in that class um, timeframe, but growing into a bigger space, a bigger facility, um, but doing it organically and not pushing it to where we're, we're overextending ourselves and, and just jumping into something that we're not ready for. Um, but that's probably the, the, the biggest goal. Um, growing pains kind of with that is, is the community itself is growing the community in an organic way to where everybody still feels like they're part of it and not growing to a point where people feel like, okay, it's just a business. I'm just a number. I'm walking in. There's nothing really that special about it. So why am I going to, you know, what's going to separate, you know, me going to this gym as opposed to me going to this other gym, or maybe their rate is $5 less, you know? So 
I think that's probably one of the biggest growing pains is just making sure that we're expanding the community in an organic way to where everybody's still connected and we're still, you know, making sure that foundation is strong to move into a bigger facility and then keep expanding on the community as well. Yeah. And as somebody who's had a gym in a bigger facility, I'm sure it's, it's hard for you to not think, oh, if I had an extra thousand square feet, I could do this or, or not. But like where you are, you're in a retail strip plaza. So yeah. it's not always the easiest place to expand. Obviously, you don't ever want to see your neighbor go out of business or something like that. So um, I'd like to go in two different directions here. Where you are right now in that space, what do you feel like your real actual cap is if you get real creative with your programming with your layout like um you know you're somewhere around 130 to 140 clients um how many do you think that you could service the way that you want to in that space that you are now before you're you know bursting at the seams and say okay guys it's it's time to make a move you know what the, honestly the the i mean we've talked about it the one 160 160 it's 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 getting tight mm. it's getting pretty tight and we're now you know people are fighting for for spots in class and you know again it's it's if somebody doesn't make certain amount of you know class times during the week then they just start questioning it and want to go somewhere else just so they can actually make it to a class and things like that so it fits our schedule so um you know the 160 160 170 that's probably the range where it's like okay we really do need to start you know taking the steps towards expanding or or getting really really creative with how we're going to utilize that space yeah yeah and you know that's still that's, that's quite a bit of room to grow right and i don't know what your rates are they're not on your website and you know if you want to talk about it we can but just going off industry averages and what we see you know there's still room for you to add i don't know probably five to seven thousand dollars a month in additional revenue just just coming in with those numbers where you feel comfortable there. So um, there's, that's definitely, it's real money. It's real room to grow Yeah. before you feel like your hand is forced and you got to take out that lease on, you know, 5,000, 6,000 square feet, whatever yeah. the next, whatever the next jump would be. Um, and I do want to get to that and talk about just because I always like, you know, to talk about the the dream of having the big, you know, colossal mega gym, but yeah. uh, in, in your space that you have now uh, with capacity being on your mind with, you know, revenue ultimately being the driver of everything we want to do for our clients. We want to pay our coaches the best. We want to have the best equipment. We want to have all the toys. We want to do the, the get togethers and the parties. So um, have you explored to any degree other sources of revenue, whether that be personal training, small group training, um, any other class types besides, I know you have the barbell club and historically that's more of a passion thing for us as gym owners. It, oh yeah. yeah. Often that, it, it, that it brings in a, a lot of revenue. Um, I love having it and I would never tell somebody not to, but what other things have you explored if, if any, as far as increasing that revenue in the space that you have here? Uh, well, right now, I mean, just aside from, you know, the classes that are offered, um, we don't have that much downtime as far as open gym. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we had explored before possibly utilizing the open gym time and, you know, offering up, you know, yoga or, you know, uh, boot camp style classes or something like that. And it, it worked a little, but not to the degree that we probably would have 
loved it to, you know, to work and generate, you know, that much more revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have our merchandise, our, our retail stuff, you know, and that's, that's fine. I think that's more of a, a luxury and a courtesy for the members and really anything that's like, oh man, we, you know, we killed it this, this month in, in merchandise and stuff like that. Um, I still think it's important to have. I just don't think it, it's for us, it's, it's drawn that much. Um, so I think the biggest thing that we have focused our attention on right now is uh, competitions. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be hosting a competition in October for two days, um, a two-day competition. You know, we spent a good amount of money on buying equipment because we're actually going to be utilizing a YMCA field for it. Um, but that's been kind of the big, big uh, driver for us is kind of getting into that competition space and, you know, being a gym that can host a yearly competition you know, and that generates revenue, which we can pump back into the gym um, and eventually get us into a, a bigger space, you know, be able to outfit it and and grow the community and, and get everybody, you know, into something and something a little bigger, you know. But right now, that's that's probably the biggest biggest thing for us is, is trying to utilize competitions for that. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can generate a fair amount of money if you love all the logistics of putting a competition together (laughs) because there are a lot of logistics to it. But when you see it come together the day of, and you know, it's one of those things that people will still pay a premium price for. Um, It is a nice way to, you know, a few times a year, anyway, three, four times a year, I think is probably the sweet spot for most gyms um, that you can, you know, maybe bring in, you know, it depending on what you do three to $10,000 in revenue yeah. And, uh, and have some community building with it, get some exposure. So it's definitely not the easiest move to make because of all the logistics. And like I said, you have to love it. Uh, so not for everybody, but if you embrace it, there's definitely some, some revenue to be found there. And like I say, it, it may, you know, you've got to buy some new equipment, which ultimately is going to benefit your members and make your facility better and, and all that stuff. So uh, you know, it's easier to get members involved if they want to volunteer or if you pay them to work the events. It's like, hey, we'll get all this cool new stuff we're going to get. And CrossFitters love cool new stuff. Oh, and yeah. We've, that's one thing. We've, we've utilized, like, look, like our regular competitions that we've had over the years. That was kind of like, okay, we'll run a, you know, a single day comp. And then all the money rever- you know, generated from that, we just pump it right back into the gym. And mm-hmm. gym members get, get to actually see where their dollars are going. You know, they see new bumper plates, they see new barbells, they see, you know, a brand new bike or something like that. And for them, it's like, okay, it's cool. It's cool to see that, you know, because otherwise they just, they pay their membership every month and you don't always necessarily see your money where it's really going. You know, it's going towards your coaches and the overhead and all the, you know, the, the simple stuff, I guess, but um, to see that money, you know, come into play when it comes to new equipment, they love that. And, um, you know, so that's what we utilize our, our, our yearly just regular, you know, local comp for this one, you know, we're promoting it a lot more. Um, and we've gotten a ton of people outside of Vegas signing up for it. So, you know, that's kind of cool. And it's, it's something that's, you know, it's getting the name out there and it's, it's definitely, um, something all the local athletes are excited about because they get to showcase, you know, Vegas is, is showcased and it's their home turf and things like that. So, you know, just adds again, more to it. The logistics is, is a lot. And it's, uh, it's something that I'm happy that we have multiple people working on. Um, and it can get a little, it can, it can get to be a, a bit much, but, um, 
you know, I've, I've ran comps myself. Mike has run comps, Jonathan's run comps. And it's kind of like that moment, you know, just like in coaching where an athlete gets something and they have that aha moment. And, you know, as a coach, you're like, I love that shit. Like, that's what it's all about. Same thing with the competition. You know, when you see it go off and you see people have a good time and PR in the competition and you see people cheering, you know, their, their, um, their affiliate on and stuff like that. It's, um, it makes it worth it. It really does. It makes those 4am wake up calls all seem worth it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you're getting your name out there in the community. You're building the community. CrossFit gyms very often get a lot of word of mouth, a lot of referral business. Sure. The competitions generate some interest in you. What else are you doing to generate leads to get people to raise their hand and say, I want to come check out either specifically I'm looking for straight flush or generally, Hey, I'm in Vegas. I'm in an up and coming areas, a lot of development in your areas. We talked about, I just want to be more fit. I want to get off the couch or I want to chase my kids. Like what are you doing to grab those people's attention? Uh, so right now it's kind of something that we're starting to focus on more is our social media. I feel like, you know, you have to have some sort of social media presence if you really want to stand out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I think for us, we haven't really spent a lot of time on and really developed. So that's one of the things we're, we're working on. Um, we definitely get a lot of word of mouth and our members are constantly pushing, you know, come try out the gym and everything to their friends and stuff. So um, right now I'm working on a little bit of some sort of referral program for them. So it makes it worthwhile. Um, but it doesn't completely, you know, cut us out of, of anything that we potentially, you know, make or anything like that, but something like that. Um, and then just kind of having a little bit more of a, pres a presence in the community um, as far as, you know, what we can do to kind of bring gyms together. I know a while ago we had had like little affiliate meetings with all the gyms and stuff like that. And, and it was kind of nice because everybody was working together in the sense of, Hey, I want to put a competition on it around this time. Is anybody doing anything? No. And kind of almost like this in the form of, of uh, talking to one another as business owners, not as, you know, competition. I mean, we're all, we're in competition with one another, but the same thing, there's enough, there's enough of the pie to go around. So if we could all kind of get on track and kind of share some experiences and what works and what doesn't work, then, you know, everybody can flourish and everybody can grow and we can, you know, provide Las Vegas, you know, with, you know, the best gyms in town. So, um, but social media is probably the biggest thing. Um, and then just being, being a part of the, of the Vegas CrossFit community as much as we can. Um, we have some other ideas down the road of, you know, working with some different charities and stuff to kind of give back to the community and get our name out there as well. Um, and that, that, that I don't think is more for generating, you know, business, but just to kind of be involved with our community. And so we don't just kind of stay stagnant and not utilize our platform to help, you know, more people. So those are the kind of things right now. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you have a, a really solid, you know, 10,000 foot overview of, you know, where you stand in the community, where your community is as the gym, but also, you know, greater Las Vegas area, the CrossFit community, the gym owner community. And I think one of the, there aren't a lot of upsides to COVID, um, but, you know, because so many gyms ran into trouble and, you know, whether they were loaning out equipment or doing Zoom, some are open, some are closed. I think I've heard a lot of a resurgence in a move from that 
you're my competition because you're in the same city to like, Hey, there are, you know, our competition is the couch really yeah. like, you know, it's even if you're next door to somebody, like if you think that you walk into one gym next door and it's not going to be totally different, they always are. You can feel the personality, yeah. you can feel the vibe. So it, it's got to be more than that. And there's definitely no shortage of clientele just about anywhere. I don't care if you're in the most packed place in the world. If you're in Southern California, you know, you can have gyms on every corner and they survive in cooperation always wins, you know, yeah. it always does. And it's one of the great things about the podcast for us is we get yeah. Yeah. all of these gym owners and, and share information that, you know, you're in Vegas. So it's cool. You're a metro area. You have other gyms. You know, if you're in the middle of Idaho <laughs> and it's, a, you know, a hundred miles to the closest gym, it's like, yeah. you know, you don't have that, that connection. So it's awesome for us to be able to do that. So we're getting close to wrapping up on time here, but one of my favorite things to ask, uh, especially someone like you, who's been through a couple of different iterations of gyms and gym ownership is, if we brought it back, not to when you came on with straight flush, but to your first ownership experience, when you first decided you're going to take that, take that jump and get into really being able to push forward where you wanted the gym to go and, and leverage your impact. If you could give yourself one piece of advice, what do you think it would be? Ah, oh, man, <laughs> that's like that question that we you know, yeah, if you could talk to your younger self and give them, give them what you know now. Um, you know, I, I think jumping, jumping into the ownership role, there's a lot you don't know about. I mean, unless you have the background, like a business background, there's a lot you don't know about just, you know, operating systems and, you know, overhead and, and you know, payroll and all, and all those different things. And I think just the CrossFit model itself, you know, when a lot of, a lot of people decided, yeah, I want to open up a gym. I love, I love training people. I, have, I love health and fitness. Um, they miss that, that business piece, you know, and it's still at the end of the day, it is a business as well. So I think I would probably tell myself back then, Hey, maybe take a couple of business courses just to, you know, brush us, brush up, brush up on some things that you don't know about. Um, and just so it gave me a little bit more of a well-rounded view of you know operating the gym and, and and stepping into that ownership role you know because i mean when you're when you're a popular coach and you jump into the role you have the backing of your people you know of, of the of the community which is amazing um but in order to give them you know a better product there's the other side of it that you need to understand you know in order to actually generate revenue and, and continue offering more classes, you know, hire more coaches, pay, pay them, you know, the premium dollar um, and, you know, just run, a, run a, a better facility. So I think I would tell myself, you know, maybe take some, take some more business courses. So you understand, you know, things a little bit better, you know, I mean, just looking at a PL and not having any experience is kind of like, I, this is, this is, gibberish to me i have no idea what this is you know um so probably something like that i think would be the biggest thing for me i absolutely couldn't agree more it's we all almost everybody i've ever talked to myself included in the crossfit space specifically but a lot of gym owners we come from a place of coaching and wanting to share that and wanting to maximize it and say hey you know what i do think i can make a good living something that's comfortable and, and that's rel relative to where you are and what your goals are. Um, 
but realizing, hey, if I want to go full time at this, if I want this to be my life's work, my career, I should be able to do it. And if I'm just really awesome at coaching, it'll probably just happen, right? And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. then, then reality slaps you and you're like, oh, I have to be a business owner. Yeah. And you think you know, because you're in the gym and you're like, oh, you get people to come in, they pay you, everything works out. And it's so, so much more than that. So whether it's business courses, some type of guidance, another gym owner, you know, whatever it is, I wouldn't say get all your business advice from a podcast, like I'm a little biased, <laughs> but you really need to know what's applicable for where you are. And that's where we always hope somebody gets a nugget here and there listening to us. But ultimately, the more business intelligence you have to, to complement, we, we talk to everybody's great, you know, gym owners have all this love and passion and want to be the best coaches they can. But you know, to fill that back in with business knowledge is what really brings people to the next level. So, you know, like oh, yeah. I said, from the, from the beginning, your self-awareness and your business awareness of where you are speaks volumes to where you're going to go, you know, with straight flush. So Appreciate I look forward it. to checking in on you in a year, two years down the line. In the meantime, if people want to check out straight flush, where can they find you online? Instagram, Facebook, website, what's that? Uh, pretty, pretty much all three. They can go to, you know, Instagram, straight flush CrossFit. Um, and then Facebook, same thing. And, and the website, you know, they can jump on any three of those platforms and there'll be direct links where they can jump onto the website. If they want to join, look at the class schedule, um, just come do a drop in and get a workout in, you know, any of those three platforms for sure. Awesome, man. And one of these things that I always ask, uh, just, just in case you want to get inundated, um, if anybody's out there and listening, business owner-wise, they want to tap you for advice, pick your brain, are you cool with that too? Yeah, absolutely, man. These, these kind of things, these conversations, um, you know, to kind of, to your point, um, they're important, you know, and, you know, to be able to have a forum where you can speak freely and just you know, express anything going on with, with owning, with being a coach, with, you know, being a member, whatever it is, um, it helps, it helps a ton. And I, you know, and that's actually, that's probably another thing I'd tell myself is, you know, listen to more podcasts, you know, try and just, I don't think there's anything that's, that's ever bad, you know, you can always take something away from it, you know, just like in coaching, you can always take something away from, you know, taking somebody else's class and picking up a little tidbit of information or just seeing how somebody else does it and then trying to apply that because that could be what, you know, jumps your membership up, what jumps your, your coaching up, you know, anything like that. So, um, yeah, but anybody who wants to reach out and, and chat it up a little bit about, you know, the gym and stuff, I'm open. I'm open. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time to our listeners out there. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you spending it with us to everybody out there in Jim Lords nation. If you want to hear more episodes, you want to get notified when these come out, we're dropping them on a regular basis. You're going to hear more people like Chris a couple times a week. We're churning these things out. We want to have as many of these conversations as we can hit the subscribe button, get notified, leave us a review, throw us a like, give us some love. If you want to be on the show, there's a link in the description. Fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there, thanks for spending some time with us. Keep changing lives. Keep working hard. Kicking ass. Jim Wards out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. 
One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.